0: You see, though, the, uh, a transgressor, of the way of a transgressor's heart, you may fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Abraham Lincoln said that. That isn't Bible. That's Abraham Lincoln. But you know, when Jesus said, if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. Now let's go back over to Matthew 20. when Jesus said, All authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You can't have a gift without two persons. It, it's been given. Suppose some man would turn in his tax return, and he'd park on there, I gave away a thousand dollars. The tax investigator came out and say, To whom did you give that thousand dollars? Why I didn't give it to anybody. I gave it to myself. Where would he lay? You know better than that. Did you ever hear of anybody getting into trouble with the tax? Any of you fellows around here ever hear of anybody getting into trouble with the tax investigators? You? If you do, you know what will happen, and I know you've heard it. And you know what will happen when you go trying to do things like that. Well, there ain't no better than that. But well, then when God comes along and says that He gave His Son, they say He didn't do it, the Son was God, and He just gave Him sense. Why, in John 3.16, it says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life, for well, God, hear this, for well, God sent not His Son into the world to condemn us the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Now I'll again took all your attention to it, Philippians 2, 5, and 6, where Paul said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not equal, a robbery to be equal with God. All those scriptures, they're just one after the other. Let me tell you, my friends, the truth is like an egg. The more you rub it, the brighter it shines. That's the reason I like debate. You people have heard things tonight and last night you never would have heard if you hadn't had a debate you've seen it on the board over there you don't hear your preachers talking about that three that's records record from heaven why well, he tried to reflect on that last night and said you know that's doubtful well i don't know any such thing he thought it was scripture they did in 1914 of course he wasn't in the world in 1914 but well, there is one of our preachers with the name of mr Wells. oh we had a Pensacola, of florida who can lay rings around this man and he he was here then he was here when they got the revelation Got it from heaven. God told them now. Listen there's just one person in the Godhead, but He let people go for almost two thousand years believing there were three. And then came to them and told them that there are just is just one. Now you can see, my friends, there isn't anything to that stuff. That He's trying to, and He says that He was made in His image. God already noticed that he was made in the image of God, not in the image of cherubim, as he would have you think, but in the image of God. God is a person. The first chapter of Hebrews, the fourth verse, calls him a person. That Jesus was made in the likeness of his person. And then we have the pronouns. The person, the pronouns that refer to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the person. And Colossians 2:9. And Jesus is the, good in him dwelleth all the fullness. And that word fullness means all the power, all the glory of the Godhead. If there weren't more than one, that statement never would have been in the Bible. My ladies ladies and gentlemen, it would be a pleasure to move upon this opportunity to our Sunday night to affirm this top which we have heard today. These top victories were written by the opposite side we had nothing to do with the writing of them we've given them every point all the way along they've had every point in favor of their own way if i had written them they wouldn't be as often awesome as they are they would embrace the same thoughts so therefore we do not object to them but they were not written by us we affirmative we've always had the right writing processes but sometimes they are not now don't think that I don't believe this proposition because I believe it with all of my heart, but it is a little awful. Now I'm going to read it to you, and then I'll define it. Resolve that God eternally exists in three equal, equal persons. That's the first part. God, we mean by God, the God-hate, as is stated in the second chapter of Colossians in the ninth verse when he said, and in him dwelleth all the foes of the Godhead body. Exist, eternally exist, by eternally living in everlasting, that there is no each, there was no the and that God exists, and that he is a being, he is alive, he is alive at this time, he will ever be alive. In three by three, we simply mean one, two, three. That's it. Co-equal, by co-equal, we, we mean they have the same authority, the same language, and etc., as we say about any other. Persons, by persons, we mean animate. Persons, by persons, we are intelligent. The very okay. being of God and his work shows intelligence. So we mean that person. Not inanimate objects, but live persons. God the Father. By the Father, we mean the Father of the Son, Jesus Christ. The Son, we mean the Jesus the, the Christ, the one that was born in the world. <clears throat> the one of which the Bible says in Matthew 25, 31, that he is set up on the throne of his glory when he comes. And the Holy Ghost, for the Holy Ghost, we mean the equal person in the Godhead who brought the message of salvation to the people in the beginning. That is, the first sermon that was ever preached was preached by the direction of the Holy Spirit. The first sermon in the name of Christ is all true, that everything was inspired by that. So that's my definition of that. That's what I'm affirming tonight. Now, last night, after we had just missed, uh, Mr. McGee came over to me and he said that I said he was a false teacher. Did I want to take it back or stand by? Of course I didn't want to take it back. If I had, I wouldn't have said it in the first place. If I didn't believe he was a false teacher, I wouldn't be debating you. I wonder if he thinks that I'd be debating you with the truth. I have the truth. The truth is not uh, inconsistent. And so therefore, of course he's a false teacher. I wouldn't be here debating you. Well, he seems very much put up about that. He reflected on my integrity to the night before we started by saying that I had said he was a false teacher. Now, the first night when he made his first speech, he said, and this is taken from the recording, so my opponent tonight denies Christ's deity. I'm urging you people to tell far and wide tonight that the so-called Church of Christ makes no bones about it. They deny the deity of Jesus. The next night he came back and he said, If they do not deny the deity of Christ, then why pray tell me why we are all here? I told him, thinking that he denied that he ever said that. Had to play the tape back to get it. Here it is tonight, Guess what he said. He becomes very much hurt and assumes a martyr complex because I say he's a false teacher, yet he can tell things that are false about us he can get up and say that we did not believe in the deity of jesus christ when that isn't a word of truth then it's not even the syllable of two things but he has no apology whatsoever to make of that. but becomes very much offended because somebody would insinuate or say that he's a false teacher. i never saw a worse one in my life and i've seen a lot of so i have nothing to take back on that when he gets ready to apologize for the untrue things that about the church facts. And he said, I want you to tell it far and near that they make no bones in denying the deity of Christ. Satan in the Garden of Eden never comes a more untruth than that. And that's what he said about the church of Christ. And yet he gets very much the thing, because I suggested that he's a false teacher, a thing which he is, and which I'm proving beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now let him prove that we do not believe in the deity of Christ, and then I'll apologize to it. Well, now to my proposition tonight. I'm going to start the first verse in the Bible. I have said that there are three persons in the Godhead. Those three persons are co The first thing to do is prove that there are three persons. If I can't prove that, then there's no need to go to the next point, because I've lost it. And I want to say again tonight to the people of the Church of Christ here that we appreciate your action and we want you to continue to do that. If you're attending this discussion and you're not a member of the Church of Christ or a member of the other church in this discussion either, we want you to know that the people who are doing all these carrying on do not belong to the Church of Christ. You never see that in the Church of Christ. We don't see that. We don't, uh, the truth doesn't lead that sort of hell. The truth will stand alone. And the preacher, the church of Christ doesn't need hand-clapping and, and amen and, and uh, laughing and all that, like they did in Ephesus when Paul was talking before the worshippers of Diana. When Paul began to lay the truth before them, they began to shout and to holler and to swallow and to clap their hands and to yell, and they did it for the space of two hours. What was the reason? They knew old Diana needed Paul didn't have the others around there doing that. And when Isaiah... In 18 chapter first, uh, 18 chapter 13, when Isaiah was cutting the worshipers of Baal with the sword of the Spirit, they began to jump and to yell and to tie their clothes and to cry and all that. I, uh, Isaiah didn't have anybody like that. Elijah, I mean, had nobody like that. He didn't need it. The truth doesn't depend upon that. The truth depends upon God's Word. Anytime you see people shouting and crying and clapping their hands and laughing, trying to laugh an opponent down, they know their man's losing. That's the best evidence in the world. When Jesus went in to raise the daughter of Jared, and he said that she's not dead, she sleeps, what did they do? Oh, they put up the yell and last thing was gone. Is that teaching from raising the daughter from the dead? Of course not. So we just don't with that. Now with the first verse in the Bible. That's Genesis 1-1. There the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There you've got the Father. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void and out form. And the Spirit moved upon the face of the water. You've got number two there. The Spirit moved upon the face of the water. Then after God had created those things, he had done it by Jesus Christ. I call your attention now to John, the first chapter in the first, two, three verses. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were laid by him, and without him not anything was made that was made. The Greek, West top of heart's Greek New Testament says, and without him, not one thing was made that was made. There is the number three in the Godhead. So that we have established beyond the shadow of a doubt that we have three. We have God. We have the Spirit moving upon the face of what? We have Jesus Christ, the word that by him all things were made. And then we turn down to the 26th verse. And we hear God after he created all the things. He said, now let us make man, the whom was He speaking. My opponent last night shocked me intelligent suppose supposing about every thinking person by saying God was talking to the cherubim. Why, he called in a group of cherubim and he got them around him and said, now let us make man. What did they have to do with what God made? The Bible doesn't say made by cherubim, he said it's made by Christ. But my opponent was trying to get out of the hard place and his uh, members couldn't laugh him out of it. So he said, now, that was a group of cherubims that he was talking to. And then when he had said his say on that, and I always have a, a way of sort of letting a fellow talk quite a bit. And then when he talked a while, he got to cut his head off. So I let him talk about his cherubims a while and I said, yes, but God went on to say and let him make it, make it let us make him in our own image. Now, uh, which one of the cherubims did man look like? He didn't answer that. Did he make him in the image of the cherubims, or did he make him part in the image of the cherubims? or part in the image of God. Well, we've got that that be The there were more than one in that because God said that. Then we come over to the third chapter in the 22nd verse, and we hear him again when he uses that expression. And behold, the man has become as one. As one who? As one of us. You can't say that, Lester, more than one day, and it's not Caribbeans either. He hasn't become as the caribbean. He has become as one of us to know fit from evil. Now, that language should not apply to anything but God. He has become as one of us. Not as he said in the first night, he's become one of us. He has become as one of us. Now, I want on the uh, screen, I want the chart. There are three that are records to heaven i want to keep that before the people i want you to see in my proposition tonight i'm saying that there are three first and so we'll take that but uh, so there are three that bear record in heaven how many the bible says three my opponent says that's not so even went on to say the first night that uh, the scholar that taught he is he knows that's doubtful. So. well i don't know it i haven't learned that much not even from him That's the Bible. The Bible says there are three that's directed to heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. We've got the Father, we've got Jesus, we've got the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that's three. Well, the Bible wouldn't even have to tell us that. We could count the three, and we'd see when he named them that they are three. But unless somebody couldn't count, the Bible says the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and he says that makes three. Well it does, these little children know that makes three. And then he says, and these three, these, how many, these three, are one. Now, it just like let's have laugh a little bit. He needs the help and we'll be glad to let you have the time to do it. You can have a big laugh out of that. Now these three are one. You can't make one substance out of three, I mean one person out of three persons. You may make three pieces out of one by cutting them up. But you can't make one individual person out of three. You certainly can a man that would claim that would be caught looking in their pool trying to see invisible things. Anybody that'd say that you can make one individual person out of three, you can't do that. You can take some sort of a substance and cut it into three pieces, divide it in, but you can't take three and make one out of it. Now if you can do that, we want to see any good. All right then there are three and these three are one but how are they one now there's the question we're going to show you the bible says that jesus christ in the 17th chapter of john the 20th the 21st verses and the 22nd he says neither pray i for these alone but for all these, who shall believe on me through thy word? now that means every individual born again personal earth that believe on me through thy word. That they all may be one. Now, do you believe that? That they all may be one. Does that mean one great big man? Why, that's nonsensical, of course. That they all may be one. As thou, Father, in me and I in thee. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And then he went on in the next verse to say, The glory that thou hast given me, I have given them. That they may be one. Who may be one? Every born-again person in the world. May be one. Lord, how earth is that going to be? Jesus told it in that verse. Even as we are one. Well, now if all the Christians are one like God's one, they're not one in person, are they? Now that's my opponent's doctrine, that they're all one in person. That there is but one and jesus then prayed that god would make every person who obeys the gospel into one big person as we are one i wonder if if he knows what as means that make them one just like we're one make them one as we're one don't you see that is there anybody who doesn't see that can it be possible to be possible that there's somebody here besides my opponent tonight who doesn't see that Make us one as we're one. How are you going to make them one? Just like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. That's too simple to need any explanation. And then we go to Galatians the third chapter, and we start there with the 27th verse. Or you're all children, 26, or you all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Or as many of you have been baptized into Christ to put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile bond or free, male nor female, for you're all one. Every Jew, everybody in the world that is one. There's no more Jew. There's no more Gentile. There's no more female and male. They are all one in Christ. Now that isn't hard to understand, is it? Why, everybody knows that. We know that God didn't mean one big person. We know that God doesn't mean that we're all fused into one person when we obey the gospel. We know that he means one in thought, one in action. To, you know, to prove that, let's turn to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, and begin with the 10th verse. Now Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment that's the way we're one that's the way the father son and holy spirit are one but another verse on that i call your attention now just Ephesians 215 and there paul says having abolished any flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contains his ordinances, and for make of the two one new man so make him peace now paul says that that when jesus christ died that he made you and the gentile all one man you ever see that man Would you expect to see a great giant walking down the street? No, we've got too much sense for that. We know what he means. We know that he tore down the old law of Moses that separated the the Gentiles from the the, uh, Jews and that he put another law that brought us all in together and made us one. Why, we don't have any trouble uh, misunderstanding that that's to easy, not to misunderstand it would be a reflection upon our intelligence if we didn't know that all right look at this over here when he says that that they are one they're one house why my opponent can't tell you an intelligent way to say it here how they can be one except one in the father one in the son and one in the holy spirit that's exactly the way it is and that's the way exactly the way it'll stand I want him to tell us how he can take three and make one out of it. Now remember that he's got to take three men and make one man out of them. Because God said you make them one just like we're one. Now let's see him do that. I don't think he can do that. Now suppose that you were to go to a psychiatrist. Or some man would go to a psychiatrist. And he talked to the psychiatrist like my opponent three. Why the psychiatrist would want to get back behind and find out something about his background he'd say sir who's your father and the man would look at him and say why i'm my own father and he'd say well do you have any sons he'd say yes i've got one well who is he well i'm my son you think he'd ask another question why he's most of his first to call the man with the white jacket that'd be all he'd have to say but my opponent priest that he preaches, he preaches that God is the father and he's the son too. He's the father and he's his own son's father. Or oh, the son is his own father. It's hard to even get that straight. You have to think about it. He keeps getting it mixed up. He's faith. There isn't any sense to it at all. And so that's the way it stands tonight. Jesus is one, the Father's one, and the Holy Ghost is one. Oh, but he says they're not persons. Well, Let's have the light, so I'm going to see about that now. We'll turn now to the first chapter of Hebrews. We've read that before. And there the Hebrew writer said, God who has spent time and divers manners spoken time past unto the fathers by the prophets, as in these last things spoken unto us by a Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who in the brightness glory in the express image of his person. Whose person? The Father's person. is express image of the Father's person. Now we see the father has a person, and if he says they're all one person, then they've all got a person. And if he makes that sort of an argument, he surrendered his own contention. And there is the person. He's to express any of his father's person. What sort of pronoun did Paul use that? He used a personal pronoun. A personal pronoun applies to a person. Somebody shook his head back there, but Paul didn't. I wonder if he doesn't know his is a personal pronoun. Yes, his is a personal pronoun. And that's what he told Is his express image of his person. And then he goes on down, but under the throne he says, Thy throne, O God, under the sun he says. Thy throne. Thy is a personal pronoun. But we've got to get away from that now and show it on the Holy Spirit. Is he a person? All right, you turn with me now to the 16th chapter of John. And we'll begin reading with the seventh verse. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you, I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, he person will come unto you. And when he personally comes, he person will reprove the world of sin of righteousness and of justice. Of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, in the name of the Lord, of judgment because the Prince of this world is just. I have yet many other things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, not it, but when he, personally, the Spirit of is comes, he'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I said unto you. Now there is your person. Now I want to start where it says, uh, Talking about the three in the Godhead, not John 1 7. But where it says talking about our faith up because they believe not only of righteousness because I go to my father, you see me in the Lord, of judgment because the prince of this world is just. I have yet many other things to say in you, you cannot bear them now. How When he not it, but when he person, the spirit of truth is God, he will bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I set to you. Now there is your person. Now I want to start where it says, uh, talking about the three in the Godhead, not John 1, 7, but where it says, talking about, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another comfort. We'll talk about that. I'll pray the Father, and he, person, will give you another comfort. I is the first person saying it. I refers to a person who the first person saying I will pray pray is a transitive verb father is the object of the verb and he father is the antecedent of the pronoun he and he is a personal pronoun means he's talking about a person he will give you another comforter. the comforter? there is the holy spirit it's not the one that has been Jesus it's another even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither knows him, not knows it, but knows him, a person, and doesn't see him. Now there are your three persons, right there in that verse. Just leave it on a little while and let everybody see. There are your three persons. You do not use personal pronouns so loosely like that. You know the English language at all. That refers to a person. The personal pronoun is the antecedent of a person, a name of a person. And we've got it there. I want him to analyze that. I want to just leave that on there. And let my opponent analyze it, he never has. Go again tonight, for the week. third night I've proved behind the shadow of a doubt that there are three persons in the Godhead. What did my proposition say? My proposition says that they are everlasting eternal persons. And that of course he will not deny that they're everlasting. Because God is forever and ever is the everlasting god and we prove that prove that beyond the shadow of that. who my friend can deny he'll have to go back on the english grammar he'll have to show that those personal pronouns do not refer to a person that they refer refer to something it isn't a person he's made a play upon you can't read where a person he even said one night that if I could show where they were persons that he joined the Church of Christ. He didn't know enough about Jesus Christ not to know you can't join. Join the Church of Christ. Well, I've shown their person. Of course, we don't want him to join. We'd be glad to have him obey the gospel. But the Lord would have to do the adding whether he wanted him or not. That would be up to the Lord. He's him, however, he obey the gospel. Now, I know that that's place That we have the three persons of Christ and my... The proposition says they exist. And Jesus Christ said that the Comforter be with you forever. What is the Comforter? Turn to John, uh, to John 14, 26. And when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will stand in my name. Who said that? Jesus Christ was the first person. But Jesus said the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the second person then. Well, who else, Lord? Why whom the Father will send? The Father's going to send what? The Father's going to send the Holy Ghost. Is the Father going to send himself? Why, no. We don't talk about things like that. Why, if you were to talk about somebody sending somebody somewhere, you'd never hear a man say, I sent myself to Indianapolis. Now wouldn't that be something? I've got to get up in early in the morning and send myself to Indianapolis. What would you think of a man talks like that? Or somebody say, well, did you know that so-and-so sent himself over into Kentucky last week? You talk about ridiculous absurdity. Is that it? Oh, I sent myself down to Tennessee the other day. Or, you know what I'm going to do next week? I'm going to send myself over somewhere and preach. Now, that's the way my opponent preaches. He's going to send himself somewhere. Well, he said, no, I don't say that, but he's got to say it. Now, God is an intelligent being. God doesn't talk like that. Words are vehicles that carry ideas. And you can't lift words up like that. Jesus said that God sent not his son into the world, or God. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved by him. Who sent him into the world? Oh, he sent himself. And the Bible says that God pulled so out the word that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him. Why you can't have a gift without two persons, not to save your soul. You can't give yourself something. You've already got it. The gift has to pass from one to another. And God gave His Son. God sent not His Son, but God sent the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, in the name of the Son. And now I want to give you a little thought on that end. Thought on that end. We keep, keep talking about the end. What do see about this? That man is from the Greek E And in the daily case. It can't be used in any other case. Everywhere in these you see the word he is, It's in the dated case. It can't be used correctly in any other case. What does it mean? It means a medium by which something's done. Or it means a relationship of one to another. It does sometimes mean to be within a place. But that's just one of them either. And so when Jesus is talking about in my name, he's not talking about being into my name. If he had he would have used another word. He would have used a preposition there that's in the objective case. But here he did He used a preposition that's in the famous case. And here it, my friend, it's always in the baby case. It cannot be used in any other case in the world. And so, when he says in my name, he says, you do that by my authority. I'm the one that's telling you. Like the policeman would uh, start to arrest a man, the man go to run. The policeman would probably say, I command you to stop in the name of the law. Would you conclude that the criminal was in the bounds of the law? No, he's outlawed. But he's giving him the authority. I'm telling you, by the authority of the law, you've got to stop. And so Jesus Christ is saying, things. he's going to send it in my name. He's going to send it because I'm going to pray for him to do it. I'm going to ask him to do it. And he's going to send it in my name. I'd like to my worthy the opponents tell me in the first book now, what is prayer? That's a very simple question. Write it down, Mr. Renews, and answer it when you get up. What is prayer? What does a man do when he prays? Be sure to answer that. You'll forgive if you don't write it down. What does a person do when he prays? Now, that's important. You may think there isn't anything to it, but he knows there is because he isn't writing it down. He sees the point. What does a person do when he prays? When he prays, what does he do? Well, the first prayer is offered here. He kind of got himself in. He didn't do the praying, but the man prayed, and he prayed that God would send the Holy Spirit in a special measure for them or a special uh, uh, way of sending the Holy Spirit to them and they just couldn't even pray without getting more than one year. Now don't forget to tell us, Christy, what does a man do when he prays? Honorable opponent, Honorable opponents, moderator of the intergovernment. Let me begin by wishing you all a very happy St. Patrick's Day. We appreciate Mr. Cobby's little lesson in Greek, but may I remind him that our Lord was crucified on the Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Maybe his interests have been twice in the same way, have been equally detrimentally affected under Mr. Cobb's brief. I think that is the case. The proposition I would like to remind you is this that God eternally exists in three co-equal persons. Notice, if you please, co-equal persons. I know I don't have to break that down to this intelligent audience. You already know the meaning of the word co-equal. So the proposition is that God eternally exists in three co-equal persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. In other words, neither is greater than the other. They are equal. Now, if Mr. Corby's help would let us have slide number 12. Slide number 12. Bear in mind tonight that the proposition is that God eternally exists in three co-equal persons. He says that, So I say it's not so. Let's have the slide. I go on to the Father, for my father is greater than I. Does that sound like true, co-equal purpose? I go unto the father, for my father is greater than I. Mr. Covey, if I were you, I would select those slides I would fix my pretext, text a little bit more carefully. Think of it tonight. We see for you as a congregation. How grossly he underestimates both your intelligence and your ability to read. He stands here and says that God eternally exists in three co-equal cool, persons, when already he has sliced the three. Just slide on the screen half a dozen times. My father is greater than I. Equal, cool. indeed, but the father is greater than I. All right. Let's read Mark 13 and 32. And I want you to remember and keep in mind that Mr. Coffee believes that the three members of his Trinity are cool equal. They are internally co-equal. Mark 13, 32. The Son of the speaker. but of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Mr. Cobb is defending the proposition that God eternally exists in three co-equal persons. I have just read in your hearing the son confesses to something which the father knows and which he as the son does not know. How co-equal are they? When the father, divine person number one, knows certain things which the son, the co-equal son, divine number two, doesn't know. Will he tell us tonight that they are co-equal in knowledge? All right, turn again to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. But of that day and hour, the time of the second coming of the Lord, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Jesus said only the Father knew the time of the second coming. Only the Father knew. That means that not only did the Son not know, but according to Mr. Tommy divine person number three, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't know either. If there are three persons in Mr. Tommy's Trinity, and they're co-equal, and that's what he's defending tonight, three co-equal persons, will he explain to this audience how one of those persons knows more than the other two? Things aren't going well with the Trinity. One God is holding out on the other two. Co-equal. Mr. Toddy, you told this congregation something which you may have thought was true, but certainly was very far from the truth. You told them I was embarrassed after I signed the Proposition Number One. Agreeing to defend the supreme deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not embarrassed. Never was. Don't expect to be on that proposition. I defend it anywhere and against anybody. But let me tell you something. In proposition number two, you're sitting off more than you can choose. And you're already beginning to regret it. And let me tell you something, you we'll never debate again with anybody on this proposition that God eternally exists in three co-equal persons. You never do that again. Not when the Bible says my father is greater than I. Not when the Bible says that only the Father knows the time of the second coming. Now you challenge me to debate you again on Proposition number 1, this time in Indianapolis, that Jesus is the supreme deity. That I gladly accepted. Now I dare you, I dare you to debate me at the same time on this second proposition. In Indianapolis, tell the people if you can, that there are three co-equal persons in the Godhead. All right, Matthew chapter 12, the twelfth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, verses 31 and 32. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. You better be very careful and never blaspheme the Holy Ghost. It's the unforgivable sin. Now verse 32. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. It shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Mr. Tabi says he has three co-equal Persons. Equal in power, as another creek says, substance and in glory. What sort of a co-equality is there in this heavenly committee of his? When you can blaspheme, you find person number two to some with impunity, or at least knowing that you can be forgiven, but if you blaspheme divine person number three, the Holy Ghost, you will not be forgiven. Where is the co-equality there? If the sun is co-equal with the Holy Ghost, wouldn't it be equally serious to blaspheme either of them? Well, Mr. Covey wants me to define prayer. In John 17 and verse 9, we read a little about prayer. John 17 and verse 9. The Son says, I pray for them. Thus we have the Son praying to the Father. Now Mr. Cobb is here defending the proposition that God eternally exists. In three co equal persons. Co equal persons. Yet we have the Son praying to the Father. Are we to believe that this is one God praying to another God? Can He produce anything in the Word of God to show us that the Father prayed to the Son? Why not? If they're co-equal. If they're co-equal, it's alright for the son to pray to the father. Alright, so we can. Also, if they're co-equal, wouldn't it be alright for the father to pray to the son? <laughs> Let me tell you, it's not an equal to engage in prayer. It's a dependent. Did you hear that? It's somebody who needs help. It's a chubby, ludicrous conception of God, visualizes one God praying to another God. And as I said the other evening, once a God begins to pray to another God, he un himself. I know any God who needs to pray himself can't help me. I'm going to pass him up and go to the one he's praying to. Intro person. I'll stick you with it, Mr. Potter. All right, we're not through. We've got lots of ammunition. I've got so much ammunition tonight that I've no time to talk about personality. I've got no time to slam anybody here tonight. Of course, maybe I'm feeling extra good because of St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to find out a little bit more about these co-equal persons that Mr. Tavi is defending. I tell you, Tavi, you made the biggest mistake of your debating career when you put your signature to that proposition, co-equal persons. Let's see how co-equal the Father and the Son are in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, reading CREASON, from verse 24. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. That's who is God in our book, Mr. Tarty, the Father. And he shall deliver up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign, till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith, all things are put under him, it is manifest, manifest that he is expected which to put all things under him. Now, listen to verse 28, and tell me if it harmonizes with Mr. Cobb's conception of the Godhead of three persons who are eternally co-equal. And when all things shall be subjected unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him that God may be all in all. Here we have a Son who is going to be subject. He's our Father eternally. Mr. Poppy says, no, no, no. He'll be equal to the Father eternally. The Bible says, subject to the Father. I accept the Bible. Amen. Mark 14 and 36. Mark 14 and 36. Another verse in connection with these. Equal, equal person. He asked the other night and maintained we didn't answer his question. What was meant when Jesus in the garden said, not what I will, but what thou will All right, Mark 14, 36. He said, Abba Father," it's the son addressing the Bob, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will not what I will, but what thou wilt. In Luke 22 and 42, I read, the Chan says, Not my will, but thine be done. Will he tell us that they are co-equal in will? Here I see one will bending and bowing and giving place to another will. Where's the co-equality cool of will? Tell us, Mr. Coppin, if you can. Hebrews 5 and verse. Hebrews 5 and verse. Though who were a son, yet learned he obedience. The son is spoken of as learning obedience. Mr. Paddy says that God eternally exists in three co-equal persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Now I read where the Son learns. In other words, He got to know things which He didn't know before. As Luke 2 and 52 says of Him, He increased in wisdom. Mr. Covey, if the Son is co-equal with the Father and with the Holy Ghost, tell me then, does your Father need to learn? And does your Holy Ghost need to learn? Does the Spirit of truth learn anything? He says the Son learned, or at least he must admit the Son learned. The Bible says the Son learned. Will he stand here and said yes, and the Father learns truth? Will he stand here and say yes, and the Holy Ghost learns? I defy him. Why, he the laughed out of mark so if he stood here and said the Father learned. It's the be laughed out of Martin, when he stood here and says the Holy Spirit learns. Yet we know the one learns. co Not taught in my life. 3 coequal co-equal persons. What book are you reading, Mr. Carter? The reverse version? 20th and 20th. 20th and twenty 20th. Don't underestimate these one God people. Don't do it. I'm confident that after this debate you won't. Psalm 8 and 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of man, Then shall ye know that I am he, And that I can do nothing of myself, But as the Father hath taught me. Well, close. Three co-equal cool persons. Obviously all knowing as much as the other. But the father teaching the son something just to say. The father hath taught me. Here's one God teaching another God. Three co-equal cool persons. When the son says, the father hath taught me. Where's the co-equality cool of knowledge? On next book. John 14 and verse 10, the son says, the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work, who raised the dead in the ministry of Jesus, the Father, who opened the blind eyes in the ministry of Jesus, the Father, who unstopped the deaf ears in the ministry of Jesus, the Father, who made the limbs to walk in the ministry of Jesus. The Father, who is responsible for every last supernatural element in the ministry of Jesus. The Father, the Father of in me, he doeth the work. If the Son were equal with the Father, will Mr. Toddy tell us why he didn't do the work Himself? Isn't that a fair question? If the Father and the Son are equal power, why didn't the son do the supernatural works himself? He said he didn't do the work himself. That is, as a man, the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. Coequal. Find it in the Bible, if you can. All right, now. The proposition reads that God eternally exists, in three co-equal persons. Or in other words, just has it ever been. There never was a time when there wasn't a Father, Son and Holy Ghost who were co-equal with each other, says Mr. Thomas. You can't go back far enough to find a Father alone. He was always there with a co-equal Son and a co-equal spirit, according to Mr. Tuff. God the Son, that kind of proposition, reached find that expression in the Bible. I never read of God the Son in the Bible, neither does the a copy, but I do read about the Son of God. Alright, God the Son, to begin with, is an untruthful expression. It's not found in the book. That's what has gotten the Roman Catholic Church off in such a violent and doctrinal tangent. Ask them who Mary was. They'll say the mother of God. Without batting an eyelid, they'll say the mother of God. Why do they say that? Because with like Mr. Copy. they believe in God the Son. And if there is such a thing as God the Son, then the people shall Mary is the mother of God. How groovy can you get? Hear me tonight. My Bible never speaks of an eternal son anywhere. John 3.16 tells me what sort of a son there is. Here it is. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Does anybody know the difference between internal and begotten? Begotten means that you have a point of a recognition. And that's what the son had according to Hebrews 1 and 5. This day have I begotten thee. Let us think in. This day have I begotten thee. Or in other words, the day before that, he was not in existence as that. This day have I been me, talking about God eternally existing in three persons: God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. When the Bible speaks about the job he's and tells us the very day in which he was begotten. Nothing existed before that day. Now this is what I said. Mr. Todd stand that through the God eternally exists in three co-equal persons, God the Father, to God the Son. I say to Mr. Todd you find the Son for us in the Old Testament. Find the Son for us in the Old Testament. But hear this: find the Son, not the word Son, S O N, but find the Son for us in the Old Testament in existence in old testament time you know you couldn't find the son in existence in old testament time to save your life if he eternally coexists with the father that shouldn't be a hard job to do you should be able to find him in many parts of the word of God all right number of the epistles open with salutations, 1 Corinthians 1, 3, 2 Corinthians 1, 2, Galatians 1, 3, Ephesians 1, 2, Philippians 1, 2, and they are very similar. They read like this, Truth be to you, and truth from God our Father, and from the Jesus Christ. Truth be to you, and truth from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ that any comfort for those who think they're like, Ooh. I get letters, let me confess this, I get letters from my wife and she's But don't think I'm getting letters from two different women. She is my wife and she is my tells me is my father and he's also the son of God. Now this salutation, the Apostle Paul, we will imagine for a moment, over we the thought, was a primitory of the caliber of Mr. Topic, believing that God dead eternally exists in three to equal persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Well, if Paul believed in two-equal persons and believed the whole group was a 2 person with the father and the son, why did he like to tell and name two persons only? And then he leave the third person out in the pole. That's the fair question to ask. I know a small a believing it as Cotty believes it We have to write grace and peace beyond you. from God our Father and from God to Son and from God the Holy Ghost. Paul didn't mention the Holy Ghost in those no salutations by name and yet he did mention the Holy Ghost. You know the Bible says God is a Spirit. Psalm 4 speaking of God the Father says God is a Spirit. Mr. Cotty starts in Genesis 1. In the beginning God, always find God number one. God number one. The second verse, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Tula, <laughs> <laughs> is another God? Extraordinary calculations, I'm saying. When truth was said to the woman up the well. The previous people look at the Father in spirit and in truth. So he said, God, means God the Father, is a spirit. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we don't see two God, we see one God. God our Father, he is a spirit. What John 5 and 7 says. God, our Father, who is the Spirit. What John 5 and 7 has been spoken of quite a lot. There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say three persons. Mr. Todd, it helps you any, we believe in three. We believe in the Father. We believe in the Son, we believe in the Holy Ghost, but we don't believe in three persons. What is the Father to us? The Father to us is the deity which was in the Son. What is the Son to us, the humanity, which was the Father's temple? And what is the Holy Ghost? The Spirit of Jesus. And so we say, be three one that verse doesn't bother us let it be genuine or serious bless your heart i've heard one the preachers all over the country preach or not verse Amen. listen let me tell you this is where probably and all his gang go wrong they have no conception of the uniqueness of the person of christ i said jesus is unique What do you mean, McGee? I mean he's more than a man. I mean he is the living place of God.